0: Thank you, Sandy. My name is Brian. I'm one of the other pastors here uh, at Crossview Rosa Parks. And we had an interesting morning uh, as we were getting things ready. We, uh, of course, have to set up all of this each week. So we have a big trailer if you haven't helped out. And uh, so I got a picture of this this morning. This was exciting. The lock was not working. So can we get the picture up there? So uh, we found another way to get the lock open. Uh, we borrowed the grinder from our custodial staff here, uh, thank you, and got that that working. Pretty exciting. <laughs> of course, that's what happens this time of year. We have storms, we have things that come. It's kind of crazy here in the Northland. And of course, they don't teach those sorts of things in seminary classes. I don't know why. I mean, everybody should know how to grind off a lock. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, last weekend, we were trying to do this huge event, uh, Christmas in Bethlehem. And unfortunately, there was a huge storm that came on Friday. Maybe you noticed, maybe you are stuck at your house. And, you know, normally I love snowstorms. They're a lot of fun. Get outside with the kids, build some snow forts and things, go out skiing. But this particular sto- snowstorm, I was not very happy because it totally put a damper on our Christmas in Bethlehem event. It was rather frustrating. Uh, We had about 15 families come out, which was a lot less than what I was hoping for. So storms can really mess things up. In fact, a few years ago, my family uh, experienced a really traumatic storm in Duluth, Minnesota, where a tree literally fell on our garage. And, you know, uh, we were without power for about four days, and you realize how dependent you are on power. these days. Electricity is such a big deal. And, and then it took us two and a half years of a battle with our insurance company to figure out what exactly needed to be fixed on our house uh, before it finally was all resolved. And the worst part about all of it was that I literally was out of town the day of the storm. So I had to leave my family to fend for themselves in this storm and figure it all out on their own. And every thunderstorm after that, for quite a while, for a couple of years, seriously, my family was like anxiety-producing, you know, as, as the storm rolled in. So storms can be very scary, even deadly. Uh, we've seen that uh, recently uh, with the storms in Kentucky. We just can't avoid, avoid storms that are kind of a part of life. Uh, if you live, you're going to live through some storms. In fact, the longer you live, the more likely you've got some great stories about your storms, and I'm sure we could share some of them uh, today. But, you know, there are also storms in life. There are relational storms that we have, where we experience kind of the trauma or experience things uh, sort of falling apart in our relational world. There are financial storms. Maybe the inflation that's happening right now is causing you some financial stress in your life. Uh, We can think about health crises, or even mental crises that we've been talking a lot about uh, since the pandemic uh, started. Depression and anxiety, those things can set in like a storm. And the funny thing about storms is sometimes we can totally see them coming, right? The meteorologists get it right for once, and it's like, yeah, we know the storm's coming. But sometimes we have no idea that the storm is coming. It just sort of blows up, you know, a light snow turns into a blizzard, Or a light rain turns into a flood. And I think that's similar to the way that things work in life as well. Sometimes we know that they're coming. And sometimes we have no idea. And you might begin to wonder in the midst of a storm. Where is God? Where is God in the midst of this storm that I am experiencing in my life? Well, we're going to talk today about the idea that the storm, the presence of a storm does not need to cause us to doubt the presence of God. In today's scripture, we're going to see what happens when an unexpected storm hits the disciples. And if you want to open up your Bible, you can join us in Mark chapter 4. It's part of our God with us series. It's a life church series that we've been going through. And the key verse in this series is Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. I want to read that out loud to you. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we've been talking about how God is with us in these different places, how God is with us in the valley. God is with us in the wilderness. And today, God is with us in the storm. And on Friday, we're going to talk about how God is with us always. It's a great time to invite a friend. Uh, We want to encourage you to do that. If you're going to be with us, you can certainly encourage them to do something online as well. But today, let's jump into Mark chapter 4. It'll be on the screen uh, online as well. Verse 35 says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind, Now, there are a number of storms in the Bible that we can look back. And maybe if you've studied your Bible, you're familiar with some of these. Uh, You can think about Noah and the flood. That's a famous storm. Uh, There have been movies that have made about that. You can think about Jonah and the storm. And that storm was so crazy that they started to throw things overboard until finally they threw him overboard. And then the sea calmed. You think about... uh, the Israelites leaving Egypt, and there was a strong east wind that blew up that caused the Red Sea to part so that they could walk across on dry land. Sea is an interesting concept in Scripture as well uh, that we see in the Bible. In the Psalms, it talks about raging seas. And then in uh, the book of Daniel, it talks about how monsters come up out of the sea. And you start to get this idea that the Israelites had, really other than fishermen, the Jews didn't go out on the open water. They did not like the sea. In fact, the sea had this sense of this, this idea of symbolizing the dark power of evil in this world that was threatening God's good creation so no doubt the readers would have been thinking about some of these things, and even the disciples would have been thinking about some of these things as they sat out on the Sea of Galilee, which is known today still as a place where storms can blow up quickly. In fact, I was reading that even today, on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee, there are literally signs that tell the people when they're, where they're parking to go to the beach just so you know, there, there's some potential fear for some quick storms to blow up. So this is a known fact. And so the disciples in the midst of this storm are freaking out, and you can understand why. It's scary. Something that they would have been potentially scared about. And sometimes, that's exactly what it's like for us. When a storm blows up into our life, we start to freak out. And it's totally normal. And we might start to wonder, God, where are you? When depression comes, God, where are you? Don't you care that I'm drowning in this? Or when financial stress sets in, don't you care? Or when relational tension rises, where are you, God, in the midst of this? And what I want you to notice in this passage is that Jesus is right There with them, next to them in the storm. The reality is that Jesus does care. He's with us all the time, He's with us in the storm. And then notice what He does next in verse 39 it says, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. The truth is that Jesus is with you in the storm. And in this storm, when the disciples were freaking out, they came to wake him up. He does something about their fear. He calms the waves, he takes away the thing that is causing stress for them. Why? Because he has the power to do that. Jesus has the power to calm the wind and the waves in this world. And what we're seeing here in this passage is a concrete example of what the author of Mark has been writing about and what Jesus has been teaching about in the parables that have been leading up to this. Jesus has been talking about how the kingdom of God is here in this world. The kingdom of God is here. And God's power is being unleashed into the world. And this is a concrete example that people can literally see with their eyes. Jesus has the ability to calm the wind and the waves. It's a powerful moment And I think it's also why Jesus was able to sleep in the midst of the storm. Because he knows the power of God. He knows that even though the evil forces of this world are causing the storm to rise up, the raging sea is beginning to wield its ugly head. Jesus knows even though it is causing his disciples to freak out, even though they could potentially die in the storm. Jesus is so confident in the presence of God that he's able to sleep on a cushion in the middle of a storm. And what you'll see next is that he then says to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith. And I think Jesus' question reveals the disciples' lack of trust in Jesus. And I, unfortunately, so many of us, myself included, can be just like the disciples. We lack trust in Jesus. I had this realization this week that my anxiety gets the highest between the time that I realize that something is wrong And when I can literally do something about it, that time between when I know that there's a relational problem that's happening, there's some tension that's rising, and when I can either say, I'm sorry, or I can have a conversation with them and say, look, I know I did something, uh, you did something that really caused hurt in my life. That time between when something is wrong and when I can do something, my anxiety is rises and I think through a million different ways that I could have the conversation and the question that I have to ask myself and I want you to ask yourself is what would it look like for me to trust God more in that storm and how do I grow my faith so that I can trust God more Well, I think verse 41 gives us a little bit of a clue. It says, The disciples were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Isn't that interesting? See, faith is trusting in someone or something else. So faith and trust grow as we get to know the person Or as we get to know the thing that we're putting our trust in. That's how our faith grows. As we get to know that person, as we see their faithfulness, our faith begins to grow. And the disciples are just getting to know Jesus. And they're catching a glimpse of what he can do, what his power is. Even the wind and the waves obey Jesus. Wow. And over the next couple chapters, the disciples are going to see that Jesus has power over a number of different things, including demons and death itself. And that's pretty cool. And I want you to notice what's happening in the disciples' hearts and in their minds. Their fear is transferring from the storm to Jesus. And we're not talking about a fear of Jesus. It's more of like a respect of Jesus. I would put it this way. Their focus is moving from the storm that's causing trouble in their life to Jesus and what he can do in their lives. And their faith is beginning to grow. They're beginning to see who Jesus is. And the more you get to know Jesus, the more you can trust Jesus. And the more that you get to know Jesus, the more that you're going to see that peace is not the absence of a storm. In fact, John 16, 13 reminds us that you will, in this life, you will have troubles. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So peace is not the absence of a storm. That's not what we're looking for. Peace is found in the person and presence of Jesus. That is where peace is found. So faith is not everything going my way. It's not me in control. It's believing that Jesus is enough for me. Psalm 46 verses 1 through 3 remind us that God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, if that's true, we will not fear I do not have to fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging so knowing that knowing that God is my refuge in the midst of the relational chaos that I might be in the relational storm that I might be in does not necessarily calm my anxiety I still have the anxiety. It still rises as I'm waiting for that moment that I can have that conversation. So it doesn't change that. But it does change this. It gives me the strength to have the conversation. That's what it does for me. It helps me to go and to have that conversation. And once I have that conversation, then the anxiety begins uh, to subside. So Mark 4 reminds us that you don't have to doubt The presence of God in a storm. He is with you. But if you're in a storm during this Christmas season, or if you're in a storm in the new year and you're freaking out, I want you to know that it's okay. You can wake up Jesus. Go ahead, yell, scream, holler, whatever you have to say. If you're experiencing that financial stress, if you're experiencing that relational tension, you're experiencing a health crisis, you can wake Jesus up. Not that he really needs to be woken up. Just, you know, he's already awake. He's right there next to you in the storm. You can do whatever you, you. can say whatever you need to say. God can take it. But whatever you do, I want to encourage you, keep talking to Jesus. He's there. He's listening. He wants you to know that he loves you and cares for you. And then I want, you to, I want to encourage you to keep remaining in that place where you communicate with God. It's what Jesus' followers call prayer. It's a simple word. Keep praying because he's right there with you. And then this Christmas, as the holiday hustle and bustle increases or as the storm clouds roll in, stay in communication. Stay in communication with Jesus and remember that Jesus is right there. He can calm the storm. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word, your reminder that you are with us, that you love us, that you care about us. I pray that this Christmas season, whatever we face, that you would remind us that you are our ever-present help in times of trouble. And that we would come to rely on you for everything that we need. Help us to stay in communication with you. Keep praying. We pray these things in your good and awesome name. Amen.